Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, if you like your whiskey uh, and uh, you spot your favourite at a knockdown price, then it might be too good to be true. Whiskey forgery is proving to be an increasing problem around the world. Michael Cowman is a whiskey advisor and co-host of the Poor Decisions podcast. That's P-O-U-R, very, an excellent pun, it should be said. Uh, now, Michael, is there kind of, does this come in various forms? The first one being that there might still be countries in the world where they're, you know, they're selling e paddy whiskey with a big shamrock on it and uh, it's, it just came from down the road. Kind yeah, of I mean, I think the IWA, which is the Irish Whiskey Association, has done a really good job of safeguarding a lot of this stuff. And I think yeah. important to say from the outset, 99.9% of people listen to this, it's not going to be an issue. Yeah. But uh, certain countries around the world, yeah, it's going to be more susceptible. I mean, if you look at um, countries where the... Irish whiskey doesn't have the same legal protection that it does here. Yeah. It has certainly been a case. And we've certainly seen a little bit in the kind of high, high end, the top, top end of things that, same as any luxury good, it's a bit more prone to forgery, I guess. Right. Okay. So, but say in, in the middle where, you know, the ordinary consumer is, yeah. you know, is any of that getting forged? Not really. I mean, yeah. everybody's out there that listens to this in Ireland. In Ireland, this isn't going to be a problem. You're not going to be pulling anything off a shelf in the same way as... If you were, you know, if you're going in, buying it from any of your standard retailers, not sure. an issue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the issues come in where you're doing a deal on a Facebook mar- uh, marketplace group or something like that. That's where the issues start coming in Ireland, particularly. Yeah. Um, there's been cases abroad in places like Zimbabwe. I think there's a couple in Belarus where there was kind of industrial operations where they were filling pre-used bottles of, you know, brands that we'd know. Yeah. Um, Irish brands that we'd know with cheaper alcohol. But the reality is in Ireland, there's no such thing as cheap alcohol. So you can't take yeah. out the, you can't pour out your standard 20 euro bottle and get something that's cheaper because it doesn't really exist. Yeah. Okay. So, so it wouldn't really be, I suppose, yeah, it wouldn't be an issue for us even if you bought it online because you'd still have to, you know, pay massive duty you're on still it. Paying the duty, you're still paying the duty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like even, I mean, people have tried in the country, I, you know, people have experimented with making putchin and this kind of thing in their shed. Um, I can tell you from, Talking to people who've done this, it's it's not any cheaper anymore because the cost of goods and electricity and whatnot, it just doesn't make it uh, viable anymore. So that doesn't really happen in Ireland so much. Yeah. Where the issue, I'd say, does come in a little bit is the kind of top end of the market. Yeah. So same as any luxury goods, you know, there's a market for forged Rolexes or whatever in the same way as there's a market for forged whiskey. In Irish, it hasn't really happened so much yet because we're still quite a bit behind the Scots when it comes to the top end prices. Um, but it's something that, we working in the industry are certainly very wary of, but the consumer really doesn't have to be too concerned about it. Yeah. When you're buying at auctions or buying through a Facebook group or something, yeah, then you have to be wary, but 99.9% of people aren't doing that. Yeah, but, but we actually, we did do an item, and I think it was a bottle of Middleton, very rare yeah. Middleton, that way, you know, that was going on, on For, auction. 40 grand plus. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So, but, and, and that would be in the category, I assume, that no one's going to open that. That's an investment. I mean, it depends on uh, it depends on who you are and how much money I'm you have in your bank Jeff account. Bezos, maybe, but... <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of those bottles are cert- <laughs> certainly getting bought for investments. Um, so, but I think the good thing about those kind of brands is they're tra- there's a number on each of those, the company knows exactly who's bought each of those. Yeah. Of those kind of 40 grand bottles, there's only, say, there's 60 bottles. They will know exactly where every one of those is. So it is quite easy to track. And as soon as one of those gets opened, everybody kind of knows about it. It's a very small, uh, it's a very small little industry we have. Yes. Um, so everybody's kind of fairly aware if anyone's cracking any 40, 40 grand bottles. Like, you know. But is there, are there people buying empty old bottles 
and then putting God knows what in it and then, you know, and then claiming, yes, it says 1912 on, on, on the label there. So that's what's inside it. There, uh, I mean, anecdotally, yeah, that, that's probably, there, there are certainly cases and there's certainly a danger in the States. That was kind of a common thing. In the US, there was a lot of uh, auctions where people were buying empty bottles. So what guys started doing was drilling a hole in the bottom, bottom of the bottle because the guys buying it were saying, oh, I just want it for display purposes or whatever. And they're like, fine, then you don't need a, you don't need a, you know, yeah. you can drill a hole in the bottom. So you'd be fine. Um, in Ireland, there's been a couple of cases because the industry kind of went through the various ebbs and flows and was on its knees there for a long time in the kind of 30s, 40s, 50s. Mm. There's a big gap in that history. So we have to be very wary about what actually exists out there and what doesn't because there's there's kind of incomplete records, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so there is a, a, a group of whiskey hawks, I would say, keeping an eye on auctions and keeping an eye on all this kind of stuff to make sure nothing's slipping through the net. Yeah, and so, but, but, but as you were saying, like at the, at the high end, it can be an issue. That, and well, and it, how does a fake bottle of whiskey then even get to the, to yeah. the point of, of, of being for sale for a huge amount of money? Yeah, I, and I think it hasn't happened. There hasn't been a case with Irish yet. There was certainly one mm. case with, with Scotch where there was, um, I think it was, a, it was a ski resort in Switzerland that bought this bottle and they bought it for... Hundreds of thousands. Guy came over, bought a couple of shots, and later it turned out to be a fake bottle. Um, they would have bought that probably through auction or a, or a private supplier, um, you know, pr- private individual. And anything going through stores, anything going through genuine websites, anything going through you know reputable websites, you're not really going to have to worry about. But generally, it's making its way through kind of third parties, private sales, that kind of thing. If it seems too good to be true. It probably is too good to be yeah, true. Yeah. But presumably, you know, people are trying to calm the, you know, legitimate auction houses as well and, and get their stuff in. Yeah, I mean, there's three kind of decent, uh, three main auction houses for whiskey in Ireland that set up specifically for whiskey. Um, and haven't spoken to all of them. They're all very wary of it. And they're, they're all very conscious of the fact that this is a, a possibility. But they have experts and they have a network of experts that they can kind of outsource these to if there, if there are any of these bottles that appear. Because generally the ones that people are going to try and uh, counterfeit, I guess, mm. tend to be the older ones where I mentioned like those incomplete records that we're not 100% sure how they looked. Yeah, um, yeah. But guys will know out there. So I Okay, think how will they know? Or can you say how they'll know? There's so various things to do with the seal, the label. I mean, if you have a bottle from the 1940s and the, the label looks like it was made yesterday. So, yeah. so you will see some crude forgeries. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that looked like they were, you know, done in done at home on Microsoft uh, Print yeah. or Microsoft Paint. But uh, no, I think there's a lot of different bits and pieces. I, I'd say they'd they'd be loath for me to reveal any of those kind of things. But they're, fair enough. They're, yeah. yeah. If though somebody bought a hundred year, say a hundred year old bottle of whiskey and yeah. then opened it up, would they even know whether it was a forgery or not? I mean, unless it, you know, if it was like okayish whiskey. Uh, um, Unless it was absolute turpentine, you know. But but even if it was absolute turpentine, you have nothing to compare it to. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, if it's if it's been if it's a hundred years old, you don't know is the seal gone? Is you know so it can be very difficult. But the amount of bottles that are kind of sixty, seventy, eighty, a hundred years old plus that are really out there are reasonably limited. Limited in Irish whiskey, there's none. Yeah, I mean, the oldest yeah. the oldest in Irish whiskey is kind of forty forty odd. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we don't have that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. How well, would you know? If you, well, if you're a visiting billionaire, so uh, beware. Uh, Michael, thanks a million for coming into no, us today. Absolutely. That was Michael Cameron there, whiskey advisor and co-host of the Poor Decisions podcast. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze. On News Talk.